Welcome to the world of culture pop with Steve Mason and Sue Kalinsky. Culture, comedy, movies, TV, tech, authors, trends, pop, pop. This is the Culture Pop Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason along with Sue Kalinsky. Here's what you can expect today. Some, uh, some real talk, some goofing around, some loose conversation, and then we will be joined by Robin Jesus, who is one of the stars of Tick, Tick, Boom, and was in the original Broadway cast of In the Heights, which is a top three all-time Broadway musical for me. Sue, how you doing? I'm doing, um, I'm actually exhausted. Um, yeah. Tucker, my dog, Yes. When, when we went away uh, for New Year's, we had a dog sitter take care of him. And a day before we came home, I get a text saying, um, I think I stepped on his paw. No. Yeah. Um, he's he's limping a little bit. He's better than he was yesterday. And I text her back. I'm like, you think you did or you know you did? And did you hear him yelp? So then she immediately wrote back. Yeah, I did. I did. I stepped on his paw. So um, when we came home, you know, he was limping, you know, a little bit um, and then it seemed to get a little bit better and then it got worse. And then he was mm. like bleeding from, you know, in between his paw and his na- one of his one of his nails was like sticking up straight. So took him to the vet on Saturday, bandaged it up. Hopefully he'll be able to save the nail. And um, but he's on antibiotics. Okay. And he's not eating some of his food. So, you you know, just like people, you know, you got to take it. Yeah. Uh, antibiotics with food. So last night he just he was just getting sick. And, um, you know, he he was waking. I felt like I had like a newborn baby. Yeah. I was yeah. waking up like every couple of hours because he was um, barking to go out. And then, um, you know, I'd go into the room and I see that he had thrown up a couple of times. Oh, geez. uh, The poor guy. So I'm I'm totally wiped out. How old is Tucker? He's he's actually going to be 15. 15. Wow. But he's very pup. But he's he's very puppy ish. Yeah, that's a big run for a for a, a bigger dog. No, no, he's little. He's Tucker. Oh, that's right. I met Tucker. He's yeah, Tucker's. uh, Yeah, yeah, he's he's like 15 pounds. Yeah, Sophie is. uh, 15 she's going to be 16 this year and she's still pretty active she is you know she yeah she's active she's active she's funky right she loves food as long as i i mean i've always believed as long as sophie loves food she's doing fine and she's still like the most food aggressive dog in the world oh okay she's crazy about food so as long as that's she's not a big play dog Mm -hmm. like she doesn't play with fredo my younger dog um, mm-hmm. Fredo's like scamper pants. He's like all over the place. Scamper pants. <laughs> Talking dog talk. He's like a real scamper pants. He's like scamping all over the house all the time. Uh, Sophie's more like a lay around hound dog, but uh, no, I think she's doing good. good. Well, I hope Tucker is okay. Yeah. 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 Sounds I mean, like, sounds like just a paw and he'll be okay. Yeah. So Tom got up at like five o'clock this morning, went to the store probably around six something, got chicken and white rice came home, boiled chicken, you know, cause you know, his, cause the dog's stomach is upset. That's usually what you give them. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he completely chowed it down. No, so. that's good. That's a good sign. So, um, I wanted to, I saw a movie mm-hmm. and we talked about movies, uh, or we talk about movies all the time on the show. Um, I saw one that immediately makes my top 10 list, probably my top five list. Mm-hmm. It's called licorice pizza. Oh yeah. I saw it. It's, did you see it? Mm-hmm. 
written directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It stars Alana Heim, who is the youngest member of the band Heim, uh, the Heim sisters, and Cooper Hoffman, who is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. What did you think of the movie? I liked it. I thought it was really, really sweet. I thought the two of them were amazing. Crazy good, yeah. And and I didn't realize that it was Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm looking at him like, he's so him. <laughs> he really, I mean, you can, I didn't know when I went into the movie either. I try not to look at trailers or read reviews before I go into a movie. Because sometimes the movie has... I find out afterwards, like I'll look it up on Rotten Tomatoes after I see the movie and it'll right. be like, I love that movie. And it'll be like 52%. And there are other times it's like, I see a movie, I don't really like it. And it's 97%. It's like the critics shade my view of a movie. So I try not to try not to read them. So I didn't know that was Philip Seymour Hoffman's son when I saw the movie. All right. I, I don't like to know anything about a movie. I remember yeah. when Lady Bird came out, yeah. people had said, you know, have you seen Lady Bird? And I was like, was that like about Lady Bird Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. And um, walked in not knowing. Not yeah, I knew nothing about it. Um, yeah, it was uh, the performances were just amazing, and uh, I love yeah, Paul it was Thomas kind of a su- sweet. Yeah, he, he makes sweet, sweet kind of quirky movies. Plus, great characters. I mean, he did Boogie Nights. He did mm-hmm. Magnolia. He did uh, There Will Be Blood. I drink your milkshake. My my Paul Thomas Anderson movie impression. Um, I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> I saw a movie over the weekend that was so bizarre. Um, and, you know, a lot of people didn't like it um, called The Lost Daughter. Yes. Maggie the Lost Daughter. Movie. Maggie, yeah. Maggie jo- And it stars Olivia Coleman. Oh, God. It, she is so incredible. It's like because I watched that and then I watched Landscapers, like the, the HBO series that. Yes. She does. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, just back to back, seeing these performances, I just marvel at how talented she is. There's such different performances, too. Like in The Lost Daughter, she's. Uh, yeah, we can we can say it. Uh, she she plays just an unlikable character, mm-hmm. unlikable mm-hmm. and kind of a bad. Well, not kind of. She's a bad mom. Right, right, right. Which is interesting. And then Landscaper, she plays, I'm, I'm not very far into it, but I mean, she plays a character who was convicted for murder right. and something to do with her parents. I don't know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not spoiling that because in the very first episode, they say they were convicted for murder and right, David right. Lewis is in it and he's always great too. Oh so. God. Um, but the thing about the lost daughter who someone else is, well, a lot of the performances I thought were great. Um, and I love that. I love that the family that are visiting are from Queens, which was just so funny. Yeah, to me. yeah. And Dakota Johnson was incredible in it. Yeah, now that's Don Johnson and Melanie, Melanie Griffith, Griffith's Griffith. daughter. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's really good in it. Yeah, great, great. And the woman who plays—it's either her sister or her sister-in-law. She was great too. Yeah, we're talking to the producers of that movie about coming on. Oh, great! Which which will be cool. I wanted to uh, before we get to uh, Robin. I wanted you uh, this, and this is a shocking uh, passing. Mm. Uh, Bob Saget, only sixty five years old, passed away down in Florida. We're recording this on Monday, January the tenth. Uh, passed away right after his first tour date on his latest tour. Now you had worked with with Bob and. 
And no, I, I have a friend who was really, well, we have a friend Prevenza, who's really, right? Paul Provenza, who's my old neighbor, uh, was really close with Bob. But uh, talk a little bit about him. You know, I didn't know Bob really, really well, but I've, I've known him my entire career. So, you know, we rub shoulders and many comedy clubs together. I've been at a lot of events that he's been at and I got to work with him. I didn't work like directly with him, but he was he was a contributing comic on um, this tribute to Joan Rivers, who he was really, really good friends with. Um, and I wrote on it and, um, you know, it was really cool. Like, you know, after the show backstage, he uh, he saw me and came over and gave me a big hug and a kiss. And, you know, coming from someone who didn't know me that well, we have so many close friends in common. Mm. He was just this like just the real deal, you know, just yeah. the sweetest guy. Nobody funnier than Bob. So, I mean, funny, like like how Norm McDonald was funny. Um, I Bob, mean, just downright. I mean, oh. Provenza told me a couple of private jokes that Bob Saget told, and they are. Like even though this is a podcast, they could never, <laughs> never oh, be. Oh yeah, repeated. filthy, 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 dirty. Just yeah. and you know, it's just so funny that he was on Full House and playing this wholesome dad. And, and America's um, funniest videos, right? Golly gee. And he really did have a wholesome look. You know, yeah, yeah. Whenever you saw him, he just um, you would if you just met him and you knew nothing about him, you would be shocked what would come out of his mouth. Yeah. But one of one of the jokes that I uh, um that always stuck. It was early on in his career, um, right after he got married. He and, it, and this was, you know, not a dirty joke, but he was saying that on the table where he sat at his wedding, um, he was concerned about, you know, his marriage because on the placard, his name was written in pencil. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, I, would, I always said, you know, when they make uh, a movie about me, I had always said that Bob Saget would be the guy that would play me in the movie. Oh, wow. So now I have to find another actor. Yeah. So I'll go Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I went from Bob Saget. Well, God, God bless him. Hail fellow. Well met, as, as we like to say. What a, what a life. Um, Last thing before we get to Robin. All right. I want you to look. We're on video right now if you're listening. And I want you to look at my face and tell me if you see anything unusual. Okay. Ready? Here. You've got a twitch on one of your eyebrows. Oh, one of them is black and the other one is like lighter? One of them is shaved off. <gasps> oh, because the Rams lost? No, because I had a, I, we, we had a bet that if I finished last in fantasy football, I had to shave an eyebrow off. So I had to shave my <laughs> left eyebrow off. Yeah. One of them's lighter because it's not there anymore. Well, you know, looking at it through the zoom, it's, it's hard to, tell, I know it's hard to tell. It looked like, yeah. it, like one has died and the other one is just normal. You know, and here's the thing. It's just not, it doesn't look as noticeable as I thought it was like, I was terrified. I'm like, this is going to destroy my life. It's like, nah, I can already feel some stubble. I can feel it growing back. Like, it, like a beard would grow back. So I'm not worried about it now, but it definitely looks weird. And I was at the Rams game and a bunch of listeners uh, found me and they were like, ah, look, you did it on, uh, we did it on the air live. Well, I would think maybe you would have worn sunglasses to hide it. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's probably not a bad idea. Um, so uh, yeah, that's my stupid life that goes in the pantheon of stupid things I've ever done. And well, I just am bad at fantasy football now. Well, a bet, a bet is a bet. A bet is a bet. Exactly. I was not going to welch. 
All right. Our guest today is a three-time Tony Award nominee, including for his role as Sonny in the original Broadway production of In the Heights. I actually saw that show twice with him. He is currently starring in the film adaptation of Jonathan Larson's Tick, Tick, Boom, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Robin De Jesus joins us. Robin, thank you so much for doing this, man. We appreciate it. Yo, my absolute pleasure, Steve. Sue, thank you both so very much. So we love Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, such a great movie. Love the music, the whole thing. You're great in the movie. I wa- rewatched it over the weekend. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is the director. You did In the Heights with him. I actually saw you do it twice on stage. I love In the Heights. Love that Word, show. because that's a, that's probably like the, the biggest career highlight for me, even to this day. It's, the, it's my favorite experience I've had. So I appreciate that, brother. So you worked with uh, director Lin-Manuel Miranda. How did that how did that work out? Did he just say we're doing tick, tick, boom, you're the guy? No, nah, I, I, I well, I, I almost said I wish it were that easy, but I'm kind of proud of the fact that it wasn't. I had to I had to work for it. I've over the years, I've auditioned for Lin for many things and it's really great because we have this sort of relation. We have a really healthy relationship where we're able to function as friends. And when it comes to work stuff, we sort of switch to that work relationship so that we live, we, we, we have these sort of isolated relationships, you know? And, and with, with tick, tick, boom, I got an email from my agent or a phone call that said, are you interested? I was like, hell yeah, I'm interested in that. That sounds really cool. And I remember at the time, I'm a, I'm a pretty intentional person or I try to be. And, and I remember when I, when I read the scenes thinking like, this is, this is specifically what I've asked the universe for. Hmm. This, this is what I've been trying to like pull in, you know? And the fact that it's Lynn, it was like, Oh shoot. It's like, that's even cooler. I auditioned. I sent in a, a videotape, a self tape. And it just so happened that a week later I saw Lynn at, at the opening night party of freestyle love Supreme off Broadway. Yep. He had a couple drinks in him. So by accident, he blurted out, oh, my God, your tape is so effing good. He goes, you're going to be in this movie. And my eyes were like, we're like OK, what does that mean? And, and, and then he realized what he said and he caught himself. And so he, he, he responded with, um, I don't know if it's going to be as Michael, but I just mean you're going to be in it like in, in some way, shape or form. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then I had a I had a, a chemistry read with our leading man, Andrew Garfield, our, our brilliant leading man. And I think it was. Right as I said goodbye to him after that callback, Andrew, that is, he gave me dap. And it was something about the way he shook my hand and the shoulder to shoulder that just felt like, hmm, there's, there's, we're buzzing here. There's something happening. Uh, and then I got a FaceTime from Lynn where he said what he always says, which is the, 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 my favorite thing about my job is when I get to call my friends and offer them jobs. Ah, uh, cool. How cool is that? Did you know Andrew prior to doing the film? No, I just knew his work. I was a fan. I thought he was just like so cool. Even even like young, when I was younger, I think one of the first things I ever saw him in was The Social Network. Yeah. I, and I'll never forget him stomping, stomping yeah. to go to go fight dude. And I was, ooh, that's like, that's how Simba's dad died, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with Andrew, you said you did a chemistry read. Now you've done a ton of musical theater. I, I don't know what uh, did... Andrew, had he done musical theater before? Andrew had not done musical theater before. He, Andrew is a theater person. Uh, you know, he's, he's a trained stage actor. And I think Lynn had seen him in Angels in America. Hmm. And that, that show is like mammoth. 
yep. and his role specifically. And the voice is important in that play. And just how it's, do you have the stamina for essentially like seven hours of theater a day? And when Lynn heard him, he thought there's got to be a singer in there because that voice is, it has strength and power. And so he, he never sang. He lied when he hmm. found out the movie was being <laughs> shot in a year and said, yeah, I can sing. And he made sure he got lessons. They set him up with our, our beautiful voice teacher on, on set, which was a Liz Kaplan, who's, who's incredibly gifted in a spirit. And like, she has this way of like figuring out what she needs to do to communicate to you. And, and she got through that, man. Because let me tell you, every time he sang the end of that first number, what can you do? Yeah. I know it was always there, yo. Wow, that's bold. I mean, you know, I remember, you know, years ago lying that I actually was a waitress when I wasn't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get the gig. <laughs> oh, I get that. Wow, wow. So the character you play, Michael, um, you know, he, it turns out that, you know, you realize at some point that you don't have the goods to 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 be in the show anymore and you take a you know conventional job um is that something in, in your personal life that you ever are like oh i don't know i don't i don't know if uh if 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 i have the legs to uh to continue doing this have yeah. you ever felt that oh 100 i felt that and you know i i do have to say before i really get into that uh our, our movie is sort of a celebration of failure hmm. it's 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 a celebration of of how much you're willing to fail for a love that you have, regardless of whether anyone sees you express that love or connect with it. Like, do you do it for the attention or do you do it because you love the, whatever that specific thing is. And for my character and for Susan too, in the film, I don't, I don't think of us as like having necessarily failed so much as renegotiated. <laughs> yeah. like I, think it, I think when you're younger, you 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 see this contract that you know that that is a contract with whatever field it is you want to go into and so for us we want to be performers and then you get older and you realize oh shoot look at all this fine print look at all these things that i miss and as you get older you now really know what you signed up for not what you thought and you go maybe i don't want to re-sign this contract maybe or maybe i want to make some changes to and i think for my character he struggled with the business being a, a brown queer man in the 90s and in the 80s. And like, you're not being seen as a full bodied person. He, 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 he wasn't being received as multifaceted. You know, people would confuse him for Juan, Pedro, lo que sea, all these other Latino names that, you, that people think about. They're more common names. And so he thought, I'm going to be creative somewhere else. And he found advertising. And the funny thing is, in real life, Matt O'Grady, who the character's based off of, Matt is still with us incredibly mm. healthy, swims every day, is incredibly creative, works in the not-for-profit world in combination with all kinds of artistic folks. So he stayed creative. It just presents in a very different way. And so, so for me, it's perceived failure, but it's pretty fucking successful. <laughs> and Susan, who played our, the, our, leading uh, our leading lady character, played by Alexandra Ship, who I adore. Uh, Susan, also still dancing, she went away to mm. the Berkshires. She healed her body. She's dancing to this day. Mm -hmm. um, she may even have had a couple, you know, couple roles in the hay with Jonathan post the relationship too. So, <laughs> 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 you know, the, the movie is so, and I, I'm 
I'm kind of a Broadway nerd. I just, I love uh, Broadway and it's so Broadway. There's that great Sondheim-esque number uh, Sunday with all those great, you know, everybody from Bernadette Peters to Cheetah Rivera to uh, Joel Gray. And uh, the uh, the director of the advertising focus group is Laura Benanati. Benanati uh, I think I'm saying that right. Benanti, I got you. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like the movie is very much a tribute to uh, Jonathan's legacy. You know what I mean? It absolutely is. It's, it's a tribute. It's a love letter to Jonathan, a love letter to Jonathan. My mumble's kicking in today. It happens. Um, but it's also, you know, Linda, let me word this better. Jonathan was ever present and, 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 and he became present in, in many different ways, because I feel like I connect with the fact that what we do is sort of mystical work as like as cheesy as that sounds. And so when you're playing people and they're real life people, they show up sometimes. Right. And and Lynn's thing was, I want to make sure specifically with Sunday that Jonathan gets the chorus that he never got, like the OG all star cast that he always wished and prayed for, mm-hmm. didn't have the access to. And so now let's fulfill that wish. Let's give him that moment that he never got to have. My hair is just stood up. Mm. And, 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 and that's the beauty of, Nin, of Lynn's nerddom and, and Lynn's connection to community and, and, when, and what he chooses to highlight and who he chooses to highlight. And I think sometimes the, the, the brilliance of him is actually that he doesn't even know what he's doing. <laughs> hmm. Do you, like, he, he does know. Lynn, Lynn was just in his mind celebrating Jonathan in my mind, he was a conduit to Jonathan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's such a challenge, I would think, for, you know, a director, uh, a writer, you know, to see their work from stage, go to film and vice versa. Usually it is the first way. Um, it's originated on stage and it, it becomes a film. And that that particular scene, how the front of the restaurant, you know, folded down and... um we had uh, we had talked to um, Stephen Levinson. Stephen Levin- Levinson, right? Yeah. We, we talked to Stephen Levinson. I was saying to him that it was really like literally breaking the fourth wall, you know? Yeah. And it was such yeah. a brilliant way of uh, of portraying um, that that scene. I mean, it was just just it, you know, and it, it was just incredible. I mean, I and, wish and- everyone could have experienced the Broadway. Oh, sorry, were you? Done? My bad. No, 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 no. I, I wasn't. No, I, I was just going to say that we did a couple screenings for the Broadway community. And, and the first one I went to, was, first of all, you can imagine the energy because it's like, that's, that's who this movie is. But it's for everyone. It's universal. But there's something for theater folks. It, it's, it's got a little extra sauce to it. And as the silhouette formed right before the number started, the Sunday number, there's a beat where Andrew, as Jonathan, turns towards the camera and things kind of go to like a, a slow motion world and like you, you sense his inhale and then you feel the ensemble's inhale and they, and they hit the first S of Sunday. And I have to tell you, it was like all of those Broadway folks in that theater turned to kids and it was almost as if they didn't know what was about to happen, even though most of us know that show internally. Oh, no, the, the stage version of Tick, Tick, that is. And as soon as the ensemble hit the S, they all did this. 
Hmm. <laughs> Not even a, it was like a hmm. <laughs> it was it was so cool and so nerdy and so just young and and beautiful and I and I think that that's what Sondheim does for us as theater people. I think that's what Jonathan does. Um and I'm just I'm I'm happy that we got to have that moment, you know, for for all of us. Okay, so this is like a technical question and see if see if I'm even right about this. So when you and Andrew go into your Michael's apartment for the first time, the brand new apartment, the fancy <laughs> apartment and all that stuff. It looks to me like you guys are moving in slow motion, but your, your lips or your, your singing still matches. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the power of homosexuality. <laughs> right there. That's what. That's what. No. <laughs> it was a special effect, Steve. It was. It. We actually had to learn. Me and Andrew. We had to learn the number sped up to what it, they called it, like one point seven. And I, I don't really. I don't know what that is. That's not English to me. But apparently, it was like three or four times the normal speed. And so, in order to create the special effect of slow motion physical movement, but the lyrics still being in real tempo. We had to learn how to do everything super fast so that then uh, in, in post, they could slow down. I, I don't actually understand. Right. So you sang faster than the song really is. We did everything faster, sung, danced and acted faster. And then somehow they slowed it down and made it look the way they did while everything stayed in time. But that meant that Andrew and I, for months, we rehearsed that number so much. It was probably the, it was physically the hardest thing we had to do for the film. But we had to learn how to sing dance and act super duper sped up, make it look natural in choreography that was intended to be exciting in slow-mo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, wow. it's, it's such a cool effect. I, I love, I'm glad to know my eyes weren't, pl- I'm glad to know I no. noticed the special effect. I mean, the, the tail end of the number in the lobby when well, we had an ensemble and everything that day, I think we shot it about 22 times and only two of the takes were usable. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it's, it was it was so freaking fun that specific day, too. So yeah. I want to ask about In the Heights because um, it's it's for me like one of the one of the great musicals I've ever seen. I mean, I it everybody knows Hamilton now. But before Hamilton, there was this show that that sort of informed me about Lin-Manuel Miranda's style and his approach and all that stuff. Uh, When did you join that company? Were you part of like workshopping it and all that stuff? Yeah, I I was. So I was a waiter in Times Square at the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. I know that restaurant. (laughs) Sure. The tourists love it. Tourists do love it. And I'm not going to lie, those hush puppies were great. <laughs> but, but man, was I miserable there. And, and I left. I hadn't gone to college. I'd gone from high school straight to working and then did not work. And I'd seen a musical called Carolina Change that just closed this week on Broadway again. And it, 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 it just affected me in a way where I thought, Mm-mm, I got to take this all seriously. I got I to gotta study my craft. I got to get out of the city, go to a school and like really, really train didn't happen because I couldn't afford it. So I'm waiting tables in Connecticut, trying to figure out what the next step is, the next proactive step. And my friend calls me, who I waited tables with at Bubba Gumps, and says, yo, I just saw a reading of this show called In the Heights at MCC. You need to be in this. 
a mutual friend of ours was playing the role of Sonny. He got picked up by a boy band and moved to Miami. <laughs> so then I, I, when next time I heard there was a reading in Connecticut, which is actually where I'm from, I was like, well, that's meant to be that they're going to be in Connecticut doing a, a workshop. I called my agents. And they said, I mean, we don't really know if we can get you into this because usually these workshops, like there's like, it's a who you know situation. Two weeks later, I get a phone call offering me Sonny because some of the creatives, Tommy Kay, our, our director, and Kiara, our book writer, had seen this. The one credit I had was an independent film called Camp, a film about musical theater kids. Which I saw and loved. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great movie. It's a sweet film. It's a sweet, sweet film. And... And somehow that credit was enough and they just let me come in. And it was it was magical from the first moment because I, I had not been allowed to read the script. The only the only vetting I'd done on the piece was through my friends who'd seen the reading. But something something said, you need to be a part of this. And we did our first cold read. Lynn sang the score. And like I said, none of us had read the script. And it was like that character entered my body. Hmm. I instantly knew who he was. He was my brother. He's my brother. And, and, you know, as a gay actor, I always, when I was growing up in my insecurity of how to play quote unquote masculine characters, I always knew my brother was the gateway because we're so similar, but there's this little thing that presents differently. <laughs> and, and immediately my brother just dropped into my body. And by the end, I thought this show needs work. It's not right. But man, it's anointed. It's special. And this man's voice, this man being Lynn, is like, it's what we've been waiting for for a long time. And by the time we got to Broadway, it, it, it literally was what you imagine opening a Broadway show would be like. Hmm. Like, it, it, I never worked with a group of people who collectively understood that to not be grateful would be disrespectful mm-hmm. to the work we were doing because it mattered that much to us. Wow. And, it, and, and for years, it was the job that I, I don't even know if I answered your question, by the way, because I went off on a tangent. But No, I, I, th- I think you're getting there. Yeah, and the thing was, by the end of that show, we were all devastated to leave it. And, and for years, we compared every other job to that job. Mm. And then there was the to it, 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 to the point where it, it would burden other jobs. And then there was this really cool thing that happened that it went from oh man, nothing's gonna be as good as heights anymore. Like, how do I approach life if the best thing that could have happened career wise happened when I was twenty three? And I mm. want to believe there are several decades ahead of me. And then what ended up happening was I realized, yo, actually, how beautiful that I got to experience that, and I get to carry the knowledge of that forward, and. Freaking tick tick boom! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. We're right. like, oh, okay. I'll I'll take abundance. Yeah. Well, your first this year's your first Broadway show, and you were nominated for a Tony. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What was that like? Well, what's funnily enough, because it ties in what I just said, the day that that we found out about the nominations, we were performing on Good Morning America, and we were performing in Times Square, on the island. 30 feet across from the Bubba Gump shrimp. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, So when I tell you I found out looking at that restaurant that I was miserable in. Wow. (laughs) Miserable. And I mean, I just looked at it and freaking cried. That was was all I could do that day. I cried a lot. 
Well, well, you know, it's 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 like mirrored Jonathan Larson working at the rest at the Moonlight Diner. You know? Totally, and, and you know, I, I will say this also. It's it's funny because I've met several people over the years who also knew Jonathan just from the restaurant. There's a famous uh, voice teacher named Joan Later who works with a lot of celebrities too. And Joan goes, "Oh yeah," she goes, "I would see Jonathan every weekend. We I go to brunch with my husband and 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 I, but I hear it." all the time for folks who just would run into him before they knew who Jonathan Larson was going to be. Uh, Last thing for, I like to ask Broadway people this. Um, What was the first Broadway musical that really made an impression on you and made you think, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. I mean, the, the first show I saw was Les Mis and, and, and that definitely I knew that I wanted to do this. But the coin didn't fully drop until I saw my second show, which was Ragtime. Oh, so good. Mm. Right? Ragtime is just like, it's this epic American story that deals with race, social, political tensions. Um, You know, in terms of the the immigrant stories, I connected with that coming from a migrant Puerto Rican family. Um, And... It's it just like that second act, all you do is cry, like song yeah, after yeah. song after song after song after song. Um, and, and then I will say that Carolina Change was the one that let me know what my intentions were with yeah. this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, Ragtime. This is like one of those, I could not wait to see Ragtime. I, I saw it at a Saturday matinee and I, Audra McDonald and Brian Stokes Mitchell. And I had that dreaded moment where they said, today the role of, is it Cole House? No. Yeah. Cole House. Cole House will be played by. And I don't remember the, the guy's name. I didn't see Brian Stokes Mitchell in it. I was so bummed. The guy was great. The guy was okay. fantastic. But I was like, oh, the one time that I see it, I, I miss out on Brian Stokes Mitchell. When I went to see um, the uh, when I went to see Gypsy with Patty Lapone. Yeah. They make an announcement beforehand and they say, um, uh, tonight, uh, Ms. Lupone, and at this point, everybody's holding their breath, uh, will be wearing slippers for the performance. <laughs> and I was, yeah! like, I was like, holding my breath. I'm like, no, I can't see Gypsy without Patty Lupone. Uh, well, I wonder if there was anyone was like, no, not slippers. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. You know, not orthopedic <laughs> Oxfords. Uh, the thing is, it's so funny. I heard, I love that you were there for this because I heard about this repeatedly that she something was wrong with her shoes. They kept they kept making shoes that just weren't fitting her feet right. And and so one day her feet were hurting her and backstage. She goes, I'm doing the show in my slippers. And they're like, OK, OK, fine. And then and then she goes, but I want you to make an announcement. I want them to know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. But scared, the scared the hell out of me. I'm like, oh, what? I came to see Patty LuPone. Uh, well, listen, this has been awesome, man. Uh, huge fan from all the way back uh, to In the Heights. And Tick, Tick, Boom is fantastic. It is streaming now on Netflix. Robin, thanks a lot for doing this, man. We really appreciate it. Peace out, Steve and Sue. Thank you both so very much for your time. Blessings. That's Robin De Jesus. Great guy. Charming guy. Very cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, In the Heights. Seeing it, because everybody has seen Hamilton. You know, Hamilton was on Disney Plus, all that. When I first saw In the Heights, I was like, that introduced me to the whole Lin Manuel Miranda style. And it was to me in my head, just like, 
revolution. Like I'd never seen anything like that. It's like, you just can't believe that somebody is so talented, <laughs> you know? I mean, from, from the lyrics to the staging, um, you know, there was this, there was this one scene in the film where the two characters, uh, it was um, Nina and Benny were, uh, Ben were dancing on the yeah. outside of the building. Yeah. Dancing uh, sort of up and down on the building. It was right? like, uh, it was like something you would have seen Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Do, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah. it was just, and then the, the pool scene with the um, 96,000 96, yep. and, uh, and the aerial shot, like it was like a Busby Berkeley film. Yes. I yes. mean, it was just so beautiful. Um, yeah, it was, it was really incredible. I love and, it. And tick, tick, boom. I mean, I watched it again over the weekend. I, you know, it, it made me cry again. Mm. It's just cause it's about the creative process and it's about a guy who is sacrificing everything to do that one thing, which is like one of the hardest things in the world to do. Uh, and I, ju I just find that to be really moving. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. Um, yeah. And, you know, I waited a long time to see in the Heights. I just saw it actually. I watched it last night. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's yeah. great. It's a great yeah. show. Uh, all right. Uh, well, that was fantastic. Uh, let's see. Uh, I want to uh, mention Jacob Imrani because he's the one that makes this all possible. I'm not mentioning, I'm promoting Jacob Imrani. Jacob Imrani is the guy. Uh, and it's the new year and you want to get off on the right foot, but maybe. Somewhere on the freeway, you got rear-ended or you got sideswiped or something like that. Or maybe it's uh, your kid or your mom or whoever it is. You want somebody that's been doing this for a quarter century in this, a quarter century. Um, he is the guy that will pick up your case. He'll deal with your insurance company and their insurance company. He'll make sure you get to a doctor. If you need to get to a doctor, he'll get you there within 24 hours to preserve your case. Uh, and ultimately, he's got a team of people that will get this done for you. And he will get you the justice that you deserve. So any kind of accident, any kind of injury, you want Jacob Imrani, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. 844-24-JACOB. Or remember accident or injury call jacob and ronnie call, call jacob jacob yeah baby yeah yeah i think that's good yeah 2022 okay. the year of the jingle <laughs> um hey if you're listening right now make sure you subscribe to the podcast either on spotify or on apple Podcasts. we appreciate that leave a rating and a review uh sue sending lots of love to uh tucker and uh and you getting through some some late nights helping him get through his broken foot <laughs> well thank god it's not a broken foot oh it's not a broken foot it's a broken I nail it was broken. a broken nail oh it's broken oh that's the prognosis is much better on that yes yes yeah. yes all right uh there you have it uh thank you very much for uh listening and we will see you next time on the culture pop podcast <laughs>